Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I don't think that our self, and when I think of it or look at self, I think of it as the animator of this body. Okay. And so like when our body can't support life anymore, then whatever it was that mm. was in us is no longer there. That's what I perceive the self source, God, right. fire, whatever, all that stuff. Right. Um, and so how can that be worth anything? Cause it's exact, mm. it's the same for everything. It's the mm. same for all, my dog and for you and me and even mm. the people we can't stand. Yeah. So, so I don't think we're worth anything. And that, <laughs> <laughs> or, or we're all worth absolutely pure. Yeah. Pure love right. all the same. And I think, right. I think that's true. everyone welcome to this episode of zen mama in the addict this is mary so glad you're here with me today i'm excited to have another conversation with michael thompson that we'll get to in a moment Um, if you're new to the show michael has been on a few times he had his initial episode with me about the work he's been doing um, which is just fascinating and i invite you to go back in Look at that. I think it's episode 22, maybe, but check it out. Um, He has been on this journey of self-discovery, and it's nice from a male perspective to hear his journey around that. And we also, Michael and I, had so much fun doing that that we decided to get together from time to time and banter about whatever it is we've been contemplating and um, today you'll be listening to us digging in a little deeper on self-worth. So we'll get to that in a moment, but I just wanted to talk about what's going on with Zen Mama and the Addict. We're into the second season, and it's been great uh, to have a variety of people on. It's a little different. We added the everyday guru. So we've widened the lens of the platform a little Of course, we still have people on in recovery and talking about addiction and all of these pieces. Even as we talk about self-worth, we can talk about how that leads into addiction and um, recovery. But also just, you know, having people on that are talking about real and relevant issues that are going on around social and racial justice and just interesting work people are doing in the world to shine the light out as they heal and as they self-discover. It's just a beautiful journey we're on. So I'm really glad to have embraced and broadened this uh, platform. And I hope you're all enjoying it. I really would love any feedback you have. Send it my way. I appreciate that. I have just rebranded the website. I combined my coaching business with the podcast So uh, check out my website. You can get to it either through Zen Mama and the Addict, Mindful Living VT. Those are the existing sites or um, URLs. But um, marystreeter.co is the new way to get to it. But they all tie there. Anyway, uh, yeah, I invite you to check it out. Send me a message if you're interested in being on the podcast or interested in any of the services that I have to offer, which, you know, is primarily around holistic health coaching, which includes includes everything from looking at your nutrition to lifestyle to 
um, manifesting your dreams. I have one specifically for people in or walking beside addiction and how we revive our resilience to remember what it is we're here to do, what we love, what brings us joy, so we don't get too bogged down with this cycle of addiction that the person we love maybe is struggling with. Um, That's for those walking beside it, which is my journey. And I was um, having a conversation today about this. And, you know, it is um, not to sound, well, just to be real, it is sort of this ongoing um, chronic grief when you're walking with somebody that's in and out of recovery. You know, as many of you know, it's my daughter that struggles. I'm raising her four children. She's deep in her addiction right now, as far as I know. I'm not hearing a lot from her. And it's hard. It's through moments of hope when she's been in longer-term sobriety. She had a, a few good years since the shit hit the fan about 10 years ago, so to speak. Um, but when she reached out for help, and you know, you can go back and read about our journey. Our earlier episodes are about our journey together um, as she started this podcast with me, but has not been able to show up due to her struggles and I, and I love her, and I miss her, and I pray for her, um, and it makes my heart hurt. And I know I'm not alone, right? And that's why I'm here. I'm here to talk about the stuff that's hard in our life, to know that if we can talk about it and be vulnerable, move through the shame, we can heal and we can know we're not alone. Um, it even ties into our talk on self-worth today and how we have decided what makes us worthy and what doesn't. And when hard things happen in our life, we often get down on ourselves about them um, and go into this not enoughness. And, you know, it can really spiral us down. But the good news is that there's lots of tools to pull us up and we all have this light within us. And sometimes we just need a little help getting it brighter and remembering um, who we are. Um, as we walk beside all the things that come in and out of this human journey that we're on. Um, And if we can take the time to remember and to do the things we need to, to be well, um, you know, anything's possible. I, I was saying to Michael that sometimes my life or I wasn't saying to him, but somebody, sometimes my life when we were deep in the grips of back and forth with Caitlin and the kids Um, It felt so contradictory, like here I was doing global health work in Africa and traveling and there was this whole life and then I'd come home and it just felt so dark and gritty and um, like it just felt like I was living with a foot in two worlds, but I really was unwilling to, to not do the things that were meaningful to me, even though I was pulled on so heavily to show up for, um, for my daughter's addiction and her journey. And I did. And and was it hard? Yeah. Is it hard still? Yeah, it is. Um, But I still continue to keep my eye on my North Star. um, And that is to be a parent to these beautiful children, to ride the waves of her addiction, but also to still uh, understand what my meaning and purpose is in life. And it is to be a mother, but it's also to do this work. It's to, um, you know, continue to explore how we can stay resilient, you know, how we can embrace the gifts we have within us 
And yeah, I'm here to learn and to share. And that's what I'm doing. And that lights me up inside so that I can hold space for all the stuff that's a little more challenging and definitely hold space for hope. So if you're walking beside someone, just say, just saying, I understand. And let's acknowledge it is this circular pattern of hope and grief. And we have to be strong around it. So find your tools. Reach out to me if you'd like to work with me a little bit on that rediscovery and or uh, transformation um, back into you know those things that you used to dream about doing when you were 10 years old. Yeah. Sometimes we need to take our adult self that's kind of caught up in the struggle and we need to reach back to our younger version of ourselves and, and give them a hand and pull them forward into now so that we can uh, remember and be playful and rediscover um, yeah, what we got excited about in life. So, yeah, and so we'll dive a little deeper into uh, self-worth in just a minute here, but I just wanted to share with you. Check out my website, check out my offerings, and thanks for being here, and thanks for being a part of this community. Um, I have a few more really great interviews coming up, and uh, we're going to talk to somebody that works in a, in a recovery clinic. We're going to talk to someone that's um, in charge of opening up a new recovery clinic here in Vermont that is pretty sensational, and I'll be doing some work with uh, Sana in Stowe. So excited to share that with you all. And then the month of August, I've de- designated as um, healers uh, that I'm going to have on the show. Uh, four different healers doing work in the world. I have someone that works in the yoga field at Laughing River Yoga, Emily Garrett. She runs it. She's an amazing soul. I'm so excited to have her on here and share her wisdom about her journey in yoga, but also about how she's managing what's changing in our world and how yoga is such a tool to bring people together, to lean into the challenges and um, to come together in community. So that's coming up. And I have a Katriva McNulty coming on. She is a massage therapist, a body worker who does so much more than massage. Um, she, I know, is an intuitive and she also has had some studies. She's got her degree in nutrition. So she is going to be really interesting to talk to about, um, I think the body, what she hears in her work, you know, from coming from people's bodies. So I'm really excited to share, um, these folks with you. So look for that coming up. All right. So let's get to the show. This is me and Michael Thompson talking about self-worth. So it's been a while. How the hell are you? Well, like you said, hot. Yeah. It's hot for Vermont. Um, yeah. The humidity, I think, but I've been good. You know, there's a lot, there is a lot happening for me right now. Um, yeah. How about you? Well, summertime. All the kids are at home now. Oh boy. Yeah. And, um, you know, things are open. So you forgot the gift of last summer, which was nobody had anything to do, which was... Yeah. You know, a blessing and a curse, but now it's like multiple. Yeah, there's a lot of running around happening. I, 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 well, my kids are older, so whatever, but yeah, I, I, 
you know, it's funny. I just posted something uh, on Facebook that I put a picture of my hockey helmet. I think you saw it. I saw it. And so I got to play. I get now I'm playing every Thursday now. Nice. And I and I totally forgot how much I just missed doing that. Yeah. And that's the only thing that I want to do outside of. I don't want to do. It. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to play hockey and I'm going to sneak back to my woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see you've got your summer hairdo. Mm. Yeah. And the beard started to get bushy. I got to cut it off. Yeah. Did you have it trimmed back pretty good? Yeah, I did. And that, that it's like in the, I guess the humidity makes it grow. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm starting to chew on it again. I got to get rid of it. So yeah, it's gotta be hot. I think it probably is. Or maybe it insulates, you know, they say that with dogs. They have that extra, if they're a husband, well, they're like, oh, I, it insulates them. I appreciate I have to use a lot, so I'm not sure if that's true or not. But. No, I don't know. Whatever. It's getting in the way, so I'm going to cut it off again. Yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, you and I connected just checking in with each other. And you said, you know, you've been pondering worthiness. Self-worth. I, literally. Self-worth. This, okay. This, this, yeah, the specific and I just posted something. I, I made a video. I mean, I make videos for me because yeah. that's, I pretend I'm talking to somebody, which mm-hmm. I kind of am. I'm talking to myself in a sense anyway. Mm-hmm. And by verbalizing it, I'm able to hear the words. It makes it more real. And then I can be like, well, that didn't make any sense. And I work. So my videos are a lot of me working through a thought. Yeah. Which, which some people, well, the people that find it annoying aren't watching it. So that's fine. But the people, <laughs> other people are like, they just enjoy kind of going through it with you. Some of them like cheer me. You're almost there. You're going to get it, you know? know? And so I just did it on self-worth. And I think, and it just helps me to kind of gauge and think about things differently. And I came up with that. I don't think we're worth anything. Our self can't be worth anything because it doesn't change. It's, you know, what, what I decided was, if I if I look at the culturally normative uh, definition of self worth, then it puts me on a continuum, because in order for something to be worth something, there has to be something of less worth and something more. Mm. And I that doesn't jive with me, and mm. I know it doesn't jive with you. I mean, I mm. I know that um, that sets me up to feel more than or less than other selves, mm-hmm. and I don't and I don't think that our self and when i think of it or look at self i think of it as the animator of this body okay and so like when our body can't support life anymore then whatever it was that was Mm. in us is no longer there that's what i perceive the self source god right whatever all that stuff um and so how can that be worth anything because it's exactly Mm. it's the same for everything it's the same for my dog and for you and me and even mm. the people we can't stand. Yeah. So, so I don't think we're worth anything. And that <laughs> or, or we're all worth absolutely pure. Yeah. Pure love. Right. All the same. And I think, right. I think that's true. I think that we, this little ditty that we're doing here, this life stuff, yeah. this human stuff. Um, you know, we have, we, we have so many philosophers and self care and self help people out there and you and I like trying, you know, making our way through trying to make sense of it. But all of the teachings really come back to how we peel up away all those layers that the conditioning 
you know, has brought us. Like I say, we come in as these little beings of light, you know, and then we just, uh, our childhood is really just other human beings getting confused and trying to, <laughs> and me being one of them, cause I'm a parent and oh, trying to guide. But when, but really what's the work, you know, we talk about, I was just listening to one, uh, I think Brene Brown wrote the, like the gifts of imperfection. And mm -hmm. it talks about self-worth um, in the sense of, you know, how we define our worthiness based on often all those external factors of how we perform, whether we're athlete or a good student or all those things that we do. I, mean, I know I'm right with you, Michael. How did we even set that as a bar? Like, right. I mean, back in the day, it was survival of the fittest. Like you needed to eat and, you know, and love and have shelter, you know, as human yeah. beings. I mean, I guess it's all, I'm not sure what it's all for. I think it's for us to find our way back to this place, which I believe is of unconditional love quite honestly. So why do we have to get lost? Why It pisses me off that we have to come into this world and they say, Haha, reset, figure it out again. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, when I'm done with this, whoever is in charge, and it better not be me because I'll be mad at myself, but whoever's in charge <laughs> of choosing this is going to get an earful for me. <laughs> this isn't funny. It's not funny. <laughs> why can't you just come here and have fun and be good? Yeah. You know? So I, I honestly, love, yeah. oh, go yeah. ahead. I, well, I, I want to go back to like you talking about making your, I mean, I get it. Like it's all, I, I don't know, a shit show comes up, but I don't want to say that. I, you know, it's a beautiful, it can be a beautiful sure. journey, but, yeah. but you know, we're here trying to, you know, and I don't know. I don't know why it brings us together. Why were we apart in the first place? Like, I don't know any of the answers, but I, when you were talking about making that video and how, when you talk, it makes me think of all the characters in our head. And I was actually talking to my therapist today about this. It's not mm -hmm. like you're multiple personalities. The bottom line is we have multiple voices going on all the time. And you and I have talked about it. And when we call them out and allow them to have a conversation with each other, right. which is what you're kind of doing right. yourself. And we, and, and it's really a powerful thing to do. Like I have a little, I think we talked about this. Um, but again, it, going back to this, it, it takes away from your original pondering of self-worth, but it does make you wonder, like, even all those little characters within us, it's like we're struggling so hard to figure this out, you know, which drives a lot of the behaviors that, you know, we talk around, around addiction, right? Because yeah. it doesn't make sense, the struggle sometimes, and our <laughs> disconnect from each other. And that's why people are trying to find a better way. I mean, the best way is to dive deep. And that's what I think yoga practices, spiritual practices, time in the woods, you know, you're pondering right. them, but then you want to have a conversation about it, right? Because you're like, right. is it just me? Am I only only one that's crazy here? Or <laughs> no, and, and I just want to I want to say that um, I've missed this. I mean, it was, you know, I, you get caught up in your life. And then and then you reached out and I said, Oh, wait, that's right. There yeah, is a place to talk about this. So I really appreciate doing this. I do too, Michael. Even if no, I don't, even if nobody listens to this, whatever, it doesn't matter. This, right. this, this is nice. Well, and yeah, it like as we we connect on this level, and I know some people listening will connect. Um, but I find the further I dive on this, as you are, and even in my workplace, trying to do some wellness, mm -hmm. I'm kind of told like, could you back? could you back it off a little bit? Like, not everybody, <laughs> you know, and which I'm kind of like, are you kidding me? People don't know that showing up 
taking care of themselves actually helps them show up as a better version of themselves for themselves and for others. Yeah. You know, someone actually said wellness, one of the a physician said, Oh, I think this wellness thing is a just a fad. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> okay. I don't want it. I don't want that doctor's name now, but we can do it offline. I don't, I'm not going there. Um, I'm just like, I don't even know how to work with that, you know, but right. I, but I do. I, I mean, I guess there's a lot to work with there, but if, if they, but I think this conversation would sort of not have a place with everyone in this lifetime anyway. So, and I, I agree with you. And for me, and what I think for a lot of people, fear is a big piece of not going deep. I didn't do it forever. I mean, I was 46 years old when I, I had no choice at that point. I, my, either I was going to do something or I was going to keep suffering the way that I perceived I was and where I was, wasn't working. Yeah. So, but diving deep is scary. And you mentioned, you know, and I didn't, whatever we're going wherever we go with this conversation that's why i love it when you yeah. mentioned the addictive piece of it i just literally had an experience where um i it's been a long time since i've been angry and i used to i i'm really i used to be but still am really good at being angry that is how i fooled myself into thinking i had control mm -hmm. and my anger was always fueled by my shadows of guilt and shame and regret or embarrassment or betrayal or feeling like I wasn't good enough because that anger was the wall that protected me from feeling those things, right? right. So I had an opportunity to be angry at work. Hmm. And I saw it as an opportunity. It was totally, it was actually very interesting. I, I did it a little bit of out, outside of myself and I'm tired of, you know, at, at work, you know, people um, donate money, for instance, this is an example. And okay. so because they donate money, they want something very specific to be, whether they have a plaque or their name or whatever it is to remember them by or to know that to have people know, know that this person gave this much money and that's where their self-worth sits. I'm, I'm generalizing. Yeah. But in order for us to put this plaque where they wanted it, we had to like change stuff. And it was this big wall and they want it right there. And there was already something there. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I, I went off, but I chose to. Yeah. It was totally different than being unaware of being driven by fear yeah. or by anger. I used my anger to communicate in a different way. So they, people understood where I was at. I communicated properly. I wasn't rude or obnoxious, but they completely understood where I, where I was coming from. Um, and that was different for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually liberating. It's like, wow, I was angry. I recognized that I was angry. I know why I was angry. I communicated about why I was angry. And I let it go. Yeah. But it, but it helped healthy. me. Yeah. It was like, I forgot. So back to the, oh, I'm going in circles here, but back to the addiction piece. I remember the power I felt when I was angry. Mm. It's so powerful. I mean, here's my little statement. Maybe I heard it. Maybe I read it somewhere. I don't know. But my statement was anger is an excellent motivator, but an excellent motivator and a terrible master. 
And it would control me to the point where I was unaware. I was still mad. And people would say, what are you angry for? I'm like, shut up. I'm not angry. <laughs> Get away what are you from talking me. about? I'm going to punch <laughs> you if you say that again. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, that was a, it was an amazing experience to be able to recognize I, it, use yeah. it, and then move on from it. Because um, I do think some of those emotions, it does go back to like, your question about why any of it is mm -hmm. and why, I mean, it's like we were given this emotional limbic system, right? So, you know, there's some divine plan here for how we were put together, but then in the lessons, I think that we're meant to learn and why, I don't know, maybe just to be stewards of this land. I have no idea, but it, you know, <laughs> we can make up reasons. Like if I really, start to peel everything back. It's something to sit and contemplate a little bit about just caring for each other and the earth, honestly. Right. Like yeah. why else are we really here? We've just made all this material. And then we're like, oh, this is a little hard. Let's get more efficient. You know, I mean, I think it's just our nature to improve, but then we've done it to such a, to our detriment, right? And then we've somehow at some point, and maybe it was, depends on what story of evolution you believe, but, um, you know, we began to say, okay, this is okay. And this isn't okay. And, you know, you know, all those, all those layers begin to build up. And we, yeah. And I think when I, when you were saying fear, I, I have two thoughts and I, I got, I was going with one, but now I'm going back more to when you said how fear drives a lot of it. But how about if that fear is really just a cause of this idea of of perfectionism, which I used to think of it one way, but now, you know, after like studying it and reading Brené Brown stuff, it's more just about, I could back it up more about saying that we're white bodied people here. And we in America have defined what it's like to be white and how we should be like, we have all these things that we do and it should be good. And we should achieve and, you know, all this stuff that we begin to forget what came before us. Right. In light of showing up as how we should today. So whenever we do anything that deviates from whatever container of goodness you were raised in, no fault to parents, it's societal. Mm -hmm. um, whenever we think we're going to step away from that, of course, the fear comes up, right? Because we're actually not operating for all that crap, which I've done my whole life. It's not from a place of authenticity. It's not from a place of knowing my truth or, or worthiness. It's from a place of what everyone expected of me. And I spent my life doing that because I think I thought that meant happiness or whatever mm -hmm. success. I mean, I think I equated it all to contentment and happiness. I don't, I don't know. I'm not one of those people that at an early age was like, well, I need to really take care of this earth, even though my mother was doing, I mean, it was all modeled for me, but I, I just wasn't thinking of it in that way. Um, yeah. So what, so what, at what point in our, in our evolution as a species and a culture and a society did self-worth even become a thing? I mean, when did it matter that we were less than or more than somebody else well don't you think it's tribal i think i think of that i, I don't know if self-worth it's more of a value of what you contributed to survival yeah I, I i see that but did other people say that because you are doing this because you're good at it means you're better than this person because they can they they can only do this i mean i don't know if that's the way it was i don't like, either because it was just I mean, like that's how you contributed to the whole right and that's and, and but you felt full and and 
worthy. Right. But where and when did we decide that certain attributes or actions or quote unquote successes were of a higher value than somebody else or somebody else's actions? And that is getting in our way of, I'm, I'm, this is the thought coming out of me at this moment right now, but that it feels to me like that idea is getting in the way and slowing down our awareness of I'm a being of light mm-hmm. and now I'm a kid and now I'm going to be socially and culturally um, deconstructed into and then reconstructed into whatever my parents and the society and the place in the world I live deems to be appropriate. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life figuring out what the hell just happened to me. So if we have to put ourselves on this self-worth continuum, then it feels to me it's slowing us down from getting back to being a being of light and realizing that just smile and be kind and move through the world with a little bit of grace and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Does that seem too simplified? Well, (laughs) it, it sounds, well, I have a teenager right now (laughs) and I have a daughter struggling with addiction. So I could say those are the things that complicate it. Like if everyone could just follow the same path, right? (laughs) you know, and not make it hard for each other. But I mean, that is part of, you know, I accept that's part of why I'm here. Sure. Sure. Right. Is to, well, I think it's just to learn and to share, but I, I also think that's fine. I spent a lot of time finding that one liner um, many, many teachers <laughs> and books and studies. And I'm like, oh, I'm just here to learn and share. But now it's like, well, I'm here to learn and share from a very much a place of truth and, uh, and in light, you know, and that idea that no one else is really here to piss me off or make my life difficult. Right. Even though that's where my anger and rage comes from is I've convinced myself at times that um, they're doing that. Right, um, you know, and it triggers uh, all, all the things that have happened up to this point in my life. Um, but I, I think that w- what you're contemplating, and if we can allow ourselves to operate from that place, which is why daily practices to remind us of these things help us to stay that way. And I do think we can become models for each other of this world. I mean, the other. The other part of that, Michael, is that we we are where we are. Yeah. All this has already happened and it's all happening around us. But when we learn this and we can like begin, we can have these discussions. I mean, that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's like, well, let's talk about it so we can at least have a platform to share it. So other people cannot let all those things like vulnerability and fear and shame, you know, make them feel unworthy because we can say, guess what? We, because I mean, a lot of the stuff I held me back was because I thought I was I was the only one that was feeling this way. I was the only one that felt like um, uncomfortable in that new condition situation, or you know, like felt like it was ob- my imperfections were obvious, mm-hmm. you know. But instead, when I had a friend that just spoke up, and I was in my thirties or twenties, really just very candidly about the reality of her relationship. Even I was like, Oh, we can love our husbands and not like them sometimes. And we can actually <laughs> talk about it. You know, and that was uh, like my, my Italian friend, Mary Beth, I love her because she suddenly opened my window to say, 
oh, that's just life. Like, it's okay. I don't have to pretend things are better than they are. And I will still be loved and accepted, you know? And I, and not only that, but what we find out is that it actually connects us as human beings. And how many years did it take me to realize whatever I was going through, probably if I'm feeling that there's a whole lot of other people feeling that. Oh, of course, of course. It's very universal. Yeah. Right. So at what point, or how can we change the vocabulary? I mean, what role do you think, and this is just speculation, so it doesn't really matter, but what role do you think that not feeling worthy played in your daughter's addiction? What role do we, do we, how yeah. much better would it be or easier, better? I don't know. I don't know how to qualify it, but yeah. for, for teenagers that are dealing with the with a biological shift with all the things that are going on yeah if they could remove the idea that because these things are happening that they're not good enough yeah. and just kind of be involved in the process of change how how many things could be avoided in their lives as far yeah. as suffering goes because there's this because they immediately are putting themselves on a continuum of where do i fit in well you don't yeah. have to fit in there's no fitting yeah. in yeah and so yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not tall enough. I don't have the right hair. My feet are too big. My nose is too big. I'm too fat. So I'll blah, blah, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and here we are changing the, the, the actual culture of the human race. This is awesome. So how do we change the vocabulary for young people? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know, but that's what I, I, I think they probably know better than, unfortunately they have all of us adults trying to guide them. And we've been <laughs> honestly, Right. And yes. for me, I noticed with Owen, I have fear because of how his mom landed. Of course. Um, honestly, when he's like up on the mountain and they want to hike and camp out, I'm like, well, what are you going to be doing up there? Right, right. You know, I mean, and so I love when I can get to a place of, and I try to do this whenever I find that, that fear part of myself reacting, I, I realize it's time to sit with him and just say, okay, this is what's happening. I'm acting a little crazy. And this is because I'm, 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 I'm fearful. And this is why, you know, and then mm -hmm. I give him just the information, like, because of your history, you know, you do have a 50% greater chance of addiction. Yeah. And then these other factors that people use that puts you at 80%. So just know this, you know, when you're out there. And I, I mean, I guess, yeah. So I, I'm kind of trying to figure out how to parent through that lens so that I don't project my fears. Cause I don't think in the end, I, I have really any control over their outcome. You absolutely it's Like don't. for me trying to like, not let that rage that runs just below the surface here <laughs> come, yeah, yeah. come out too often. Cause yeah. um, you know, I still have a whole lot of healing to do myself. Um, yeah, so it's like empowering, like I try to empower the kids in my, home to know they are in control of their outcome like you have like i'm here to guide you and love you and provide for you yeah but you i mean if you you own a lot here you know starting at 12 13 and 15 you're you guys really you know it's to that point so like it's how do we give them tools of empowerment i love this actually um because i think of this in healthcare i think of this in any of the coaching i do like we all have what we need in us. It's there. Right. So how do we empower each other yeah. to access that, mm -hmm. that place of truth and authenticity and knowing 
Because I don't think it's just the 70 year olds that have the wisdom and knowledge. I think Owen's been through a few lifetimes. That's my belief anyway. And I, I mean, I also know like the maturing brain, I wouldn't want to get, I, I know what happens on a day-to-day basis. Right. There's many things I wouldn't want them driving a car yet. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, when they can get in that space where they're not influenced by all the things you and I were talking about that pull us out of ourselves, but they're so out. I think the question is how do we, how do we have the language and hold the space for them to feel safe coming in? Mm-hmm. And this is out of addiction too. How do we, Sure. Nurture and hold space for people in the shared way to come inside and to know. Excellent question. Yeah. Excellent. And and I think you nailed it actually a few uh, seconds ago there, where you you said where you're trying to be a parent. And as you were saying that, my the only thing I was thinking is like you nailed it. I mean, you that's from my perspective. And we know at this point that that's the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That, that, right, of course. That that is, I mean, what you did is you identified your fear and you moved through it and didn't allow it to dictate. So, you know, you don't, we don't need to inflict, that's not the right word, but to, well, I'm going to use it, inflict our own trauma and shadows on our kids. They're going to have their own. They're, they've got their hands full. And so by naming them, like you said you did, this is why I'm scared. This is why I'm behaving this way. I need you to understand. Yeah. Here's some practical, logical information to supply my fear. And I don't want my fear to be your fear, but I need you to understand that these choices that you make here, the chances of those choices sending you over to this other space, but I know you don't want to be in yeah. are really high. Yeah. So what are you going to do to make what, how are you going to access what you need to make the decisions that then diminish the chances that that's where you end up? Yeah. What, what else can we do as parents? We don't have control. I know. Well, I do think, well, let me also be honest and say, it's usually, I don't have those sit down conversations till I've lost it a few times in a row. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I don't want anyone thinking that I'm, you know, I'm the Zen mama that doesn't do what all of you do and then kick ourselves. It's because now I recognize it and I say, I don't like when I'm like this, like, why Mm -hmm. am I being like this? You know, and it doesn't help his self-worth. Right? No, no. And that's, that is right there. Like I'm putting layers on the thing I've gotten good about is apologizing and trying to pull them off as quick as I can. But, you know, I'm not going to say I don't do it. Well, and if you didn't do it, how would they learn from you? Yeah. So you know what I mean? So talk about powerful when the person that somebody is like a a parent or guardian or whatever you want to say is a human being. And just because they're old like us doesn't mean we don't lose our temper. And what is different is that we like, you know what? That was inappropriate. Yeah. I, I am sorry, sincerely sorry for doing that. Here's why I did it. Here's how I'm trying to make it so I don't do it again. And here's what you can do so I don't rip yeah. you a new one again. <laughs> it would be in your best interest, yeah. <laughs> which I also but, say it's no longer okay to yeah, not know. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to yeah. own your shit. So anyway, I, I just think that it's important for them to see us do work through our work through it. Yeah. And, 
Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of, I did a lot of that a few years ago with all my kids. Like, listen, as I, as I dug deep and uncovered stuff and then remembered and realized like, oh boy, I could have done that better. And I did that for so many years. I, I sat down with them all and had conversations with them. Um, and initially I thought it's too late. Why even bother? But absolutely not too late. Yeah, it really, it really made it really shifted things for a lot of them, I think. Well, I think that's so important to never to know it's never too late, right? To heal because we we are malleable. Yeah, and we are incredibly forgiving. And that's what I, I've said to these guys when they've made mistakes, or even to myself, I, I do it quite easily myself. But no, everyone appreciates honesty, you know, yeah. and it's when we think we're in a place where, well, we have to be vulnerable. And so if we're in a sure. place where we don't feel like we can be vulnerable and we can't say, hey, you know what, maybe even as a leader, you can say, you know, I might not have made the best decision. And that, I think, gains more respect and more collaboration and oneness. But yeah, we've I don't know. Then that's the other thing. Like, you know, I work in medicine. I'm not sure when we we built this such ego based um, entitled quite honestly. I mean, we put people on a pedestal that um, it's not right, you know, and we disempowered people to be responsible for their own health and well being, you know, and I mean, and then now we're all like, everyone's kind of down on the medical system too, but like we all created this sort of monster in many ways, you know? Yeah. And it's based on a hierarchy. Like it's you just based said, on a hierarchy. it totally, there's a pet, yeah, there's a pedestal there. And if you're not on the pedestal, you're not as good as them. So there's our yeah. self-worth wrapping itself around again. And I will also say, having talked to people that reside on that pedestal that don't really want to be on it, but feel like it's an expectation of them to be there. So there's two, you know, there's two sides of this too. They also feel like, well, I can't really step down. Like everyone expects me to have, a, like, there's a lot of pressure is what I'm saying that they put mm -hmm. on themselves, just like, the, because it's their self-worth again we built again yeah. like so when did the we think they weren't human and i also like they forgot that they're actually healers you know it's become too sciencey and not enough heart yeah and who'd yeah. have thought that the people on the pedestals are feeling unworthy as well they are of course and they are scared. and they and they don't even like that's i mean some of the people that i'm trying to do work with that just don't want to go there because then they have to feel all the feelings and then maybe they are not happy and maybe, you know, they, they know they're working in a system that's pretty broken, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then what if, what if, what if, you know, all where the, do you go? There's nothing to do outside of that. You know, I mean, there is, there always is. There that's are. The yeah. That's the thing. There's always, you know, there is something different and it's scary. A lot of people's change is scary and, there's too many questions. And so they continue living a life that they don't really want to live. Yeah. And they, and that's how they live it. And that's sadder to me than dying. I know. And it's, yeah. um, it's, it's hard on them. It's hard to be around them. It yeah. doesn't foster, you know, especially in healthcare, it doesn't foster what we need to, um, help us access our true health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's brilliant, let's also acknowledge this brilliance that has come out of this and the evolution of technology in ways I couldn't have even imagined. But I, I do believe we can go about it and still be happy and still have balance. I just, you know, maybe the progression's a little slower. 
And would that be a horrible thing? Right. You know, but then it probably comes back to money and who's producing what and who's reaching which benchmarks. It just, it all needs to implode. <laughs> Honestly. No, there's, yeah, there's no, there's a lot of things that need to implode. So if you can, something new can like, when yeah. you, something new can grow. Like when all the, when the forest, fire, forest fires ravaged the, you know, the West coast mm -hmm. and then after they're all it's all done and said you know millions of lupins purple flowers bloom everywhere kind yeah of i love you know, that there's all, there's all this uh yeah change is change it's not the end but yeah. not, you know here we are talking like there's, it's not hard it's so difficult for so many people that are doing great things and are maybe feeling stuck I know what that feels. You know what that feels like. We all know what it feels I like. I do. Ah. I do know what it feels like. And when you're in the midst of it, that's why we need each other, you know, because yeah, you can go sit in the woods and you can get there that way. Yeah. I think there's a time and place for all of it. There's time for self-reflection and introspection. And then there's time to share. And I think that's where a lot of growth comes. But when when you're outside your body and you're really you know, not even sure what you, what your truth is anymore. I think that's when you need to spend some time with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know me, I'm very in, influenced by others. And so whenever I feel like I can't complete thoughts or get clear on direction, that's when I know I need to take some time to write or to get outside or to just slow all the different characters in my brain down to have a conversation. Yeah. And remember where where it's going. Yeah. Yeah, those are some for me. Those used to be the hardest conversations to have because that was admitting stuff that I didn't want to admit, and all of it was painful. So, how about now? Yeah. Um, how are those conversations now? With myself, with my multiple mm -hmm. me, I like call my multiple me's. Yeah. Um, it's pretty quiet. Um, there's still some in there I'm sure I'm unaware of that are, you know, still chirping at me and dictating things. Um, I'm, I'm a little quicker on the draw to recognize it so I can, yeah. you know, instead, and instead of trying to make them be quiet and scream at them and tell them to, you know, leave me alone, I, I'm more inclined to be able to think through and say, why, what is that, you know? And for years, all I did was try to run away, you know, close your eyes, put your hands over your ears and say, ah! you know don't talk to me anymore what are you doing? I don't right me. what do you want right and that's where they get all their power yeah well what about do you have any that you have like i have some that i invite into the i don't know it's it's a castle because i read carolyn yeah. Bates is entering the castle uh, book <laughs> and so i have different ones i meet up with just to have conversations more in a knowing way not in a like not in a you know the ones I don't like are still there. Like you said, I call them out more and I see them, yeah. um, but more like the coming home to myself a little bit. Um, when I'm trying to intellectualize decisions or happenings, I find when I can sit in stillness and allow myself to come inside and have an inner conversation. I don't know if it's with, I'm not sure who it's with actually, Yeah, yeah. but I get, these hits, I don't, you know, it's intuitive. It's all knowing it's, yeah. it's what I, um, not always what I want to hear. It's what I need to hear. <laughs> right. 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 I totally get that. And I would say, as you're talking, I don't really know. I do the same thing and I don't think it's with my 
past tra traumatized selves. Sure. Yeah. Those those were just things I had to figure out. Yeah. And then sit down quietly and say, okay, just I'll call you if I need you. And then yeah. I and then yeah. I just put, then I throw their number in the trash bin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I think it is for me is the self. What we mentioned, what we started this entire conversation with. It's the it's that like you said, the being of light. It's that piece of us that already knows. Yeah. And we're trying to get back to like, come on. And yeah. that's more. And I don't have a name for it. I don't have, I, but I listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It definitely is the guide and I definitely listen to it. And I don't always follow through with what it says I'm supposed to do. And that just brings more, brings more pain and more challenge and more than I need. You yeah. Know? Or, yeah. It's just like okay, fine, do it that way. Yep, told you. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna do whatever. I was like, oh. So it's just yeah. this ongoing. That's insanity, right? <laughs> Doing the same, yeah. <laughs> same thing and expecting different results. I was just, it's funny you say. I was just talking to somebody this past weekend, and they they said, "Oh, I'm having troubles with this. I'm having troubles with that." And it's like, are you sharing this information so that? you can get advice from me because i know some stuff about all that well yeah kind of i said okay so how about this no how about th no how about no how none of that works i said you didn't try any of it and they're like well i just know it's not gonna work i said okay so and i said do you really want change or you just want to complain about how your life is right now and they said, no, no, I, I'm tired. I can't. I said, like, well, this is going to be like a radical thing I'm going to say, but I want you to listen carefully. If you want to be a different person, then you have to be a different person. Mm. And they just look at me like, what? I said, you have to change something. Yeah. You, you can't do the exact same thing. Yeah. And expect different results. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I said, good luck. It's so hard for people in that idea of procrastination is definitely driven by fear sure. by fear of making a change in in what might come out of that what change what other changes that might lead to what discomfort it might cause in the system of your life you know yeah and i think sometimes it takes people really working on their resiliency a little bit before they can get excited about embracing the change, regardless of it. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing, like for people to really want to, and they know they're unhappy, but to really want to make the change, there has to be some little sense of light that they have, or I don't know. I mean, I think you and I both in our lifetimes have probably done it over and over again, whether it's around our health and well-being, whether it's starting a fitness routine or eating sure. differently, or if it's, you know, growing a particular practice or meditation or, or deeper dive. Um, yeah, you either, I feel like people either act out of a place of real desperation. Like I, I can't, yeah. I can't wake up feeling this way anymore. It doesn't mean that it's still not really hard to change the habit, but that's where I, again, that's where I sometimes think we just need each other to help. Yeah. Um, and I also like, think we need to ask for help. I forget to do this. I forget about this idea of grace that can show up when we're like, you know what? I can't hold this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the space comes to be with it all. Yeah. Or something shows up in your life unexpected. I, 
have been paying attention to this and I have seen it happen. And just to say to that self or that I, or whatever it is that comes into me, like, I'm really unclear. I just need to, I need some clarity, you know, and not really anything specific, but like, show me the next right thing here. And then it begins to present itself. So I don't know about all that mysticism, but I know that it has been a comfort and um, it's shown up in my life. Yeah. It hasn't been a big bang. It hasn't been like, okay, clear, you know, 90 degree turn here, you yeah. know? Why it's, can't it be like that? I know. Maybe could it, could it just freaking happen? I know. Well, and actually for me in my, for me in my life, I've made some decisions that clear. I mean, hmm. they were not popular. I just knew, I just knew that it, this is what I needed to do now. Um, and I do that actually quite a bit. Um, yeah, I do love that about you. Yeah, <laughs> that's because you're not in my family. <laughs> Rebecca might feel differently. But there's a whole but bunch I, of people that are like, what is going on? I know. Um, but you, like going back to where you said, what you know, the, the asking for help thing. Yeah. That was really hard for me to do. And it might, maybe it's the same for a lot of other people. Um, and the reason for me having a hard time genuinely asking for help is because the moment that I realize I need help is the moment I realize I'm not good enough. Mm. And it's so backwards and wrong. Yeah. But it's based on my idea of my worth as a self. Yeah. I should be able to handle this because I am a white man in America and this doesn't happen to, I should be able to handle this because I am a father I should, should, you know, all that stuff and, or for whatever the reason, you know, whatever the parameters are, I, and so. If I mean, I that's all them, your work, Michael. That's how your past right. has informed. Sure. That. Of yeah. course. And, and, and I'm sure the people listening can feel that in my voice and my energy that that's where I'm passionate. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's where I've done all my work. And so I definitely have, I think, an, an interesting perspective to switch and move through that. Mm -hmm. Um but even your contemplation of self-worth i think for some people like when if this was the first time i was hearing this and even today it'll remind me to let my shoulders relax a little bit yeah. you know that this is all just made up mm -hmm. you know <laughs> and that how i choose to be in this is up to me right and that i really am just this light being yeah doing the best i can in yeah. each moment you know and that that's enough. It is. And it's funny where you say a lot of people, maybe I'm prejudging, which is fine, but I know some people in my life, when I say the three-dimensional world and that we're making this up and like you just said, this is just made up. So relaxed. That's a hard concept, I think, to really hold on to. And I was chatting with another friend of mine this past weekend, talking about the five senses and of our body and how they're so limited and the only way that we can make sense of the world and then put ourselves in this world is through our body's interaction with our space, which is our senses, but they aren't sensing everything. Right. Plenty of other animals sense different things and their reality is different based on what they sense. And so if that's true, then we are only getting a small portion of what consciousness is. And so um, the sixth sense is the self it's that part of us the energy that's connected to all the other selves and the energy in the world and the universe or whatever you want to say that's connected to all that unchanging never dying aspect of us and 
that's where I have been able to move into. And mm-hmm. the, the, like you mentioned before, those are the, that's the, the guide, the clarity. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, it, it never, it doesn't always go where we were hoping. I mean, even, even our relationship in this work we're doing is serendipitous, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we were asking, you know, I need this, or I'm, this isn't working, what's going to happen. And then, then, you know, we do this, we start this, it changes, it morphs. But yeah. regardless, it's a, it was a new thing that put me in a whole different trajectory. Yeah. See what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm interviewing people now for my podcast. I can't wait to have you on it. Although okay. I haven't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, but, yeah. but I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to yeah. do the parts I know and figure out the rest as I go. Good. Um, you know, I'm putting my time creating courses to put online and do other things nice. that are nice. and my like my website. I'm feeling really good about that. So anyway, cool. Um, it's all, tell, say what it is again, Michael. Uh, website. Oh, my, oh, yeah. My website is Medistate, M-E-D-I-S-T-A-T-U-S. dot U-S. OK. Um, and my podcast is going to be Metastating with Michael. Nice. Yeah. And the word metastate is just uh, a new word I made up that means uh, actively pursuing your life's passion. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And my and I just changed my YouTube channel because we, I could never find myself on YouTube. I mean, <laughs> so I changed it. sometimes to find yourself. Try to type in Michael Thompson. It's like, yeah, right. There's yeah. me. So yeah. I, I changed the name to Metastating Michael, which is nobody has that name. Nobody has that one. So yeah. So anyway, um, that's cool. I love it. Yeah, so we'll put some links in there. Some of them might not be up yet, but um, well, I mean, your your website's good. up and the YouTube channel's up, but yep. the, podcast the podcast is evolving. Is the yeah. podcast is developing. Yeah. So cool. anyway, this is so it's been a great. You know, when I when I sit quietly and listen to the part of me that doesn't care about self worth and place and fitting in, that's where my truth is. So, Michael, how can you, we want to share how you do that? <laughs> I know well, it's been a journey, but just for people yeah. to have a sense of practicality of like, how yeah. do you. So it honestly, it all started for me when I, I got to a point where I had to make a change. I couldn't, I just, you know, I, I needed to do something different. So, you know, I was definitely of the mindset, meditation, whatever. It's for the, you know, the ding dongs and the hippies and the people that think that, the world exists somewhere else besides in a space I'm sitting right now. So now I'm one of those people. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hello, here's the truth. Um, And so I did some very, very simple meditations, guided meditations. Actually, I think at the very first ones I did, uh, I saw somewhere uh, Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey do 21 day meditations. Yeah, I did that one. For for free. They have tons of them. Yeah. And so I did it and it just basically gave me the idea and the very simple task of ignoring my multiple me's bantering and battering me in my head and you know focus on my breathing tense your body focus on the space you're in you know, all that kind of stuff and yeah. then from there i started to realize the freedom and the peace from not having my voices dictate and and um and for me to break free from thinking that those were my my reality because yeah. they weren't yeah. They are a product of my experience and perception, but they're not my reality. Mm. And so then I started doing some different kinds of yoga, some Kundalini yoga and body postures and breathing and different things with that, which is much more physical than 
going down with Diane Mariano, which is amazing, yeah. laying in her yoga studio. Yeah. She's like, Shavasana is laying down. I said, that's me. Okay, I'm gonna lay down and do yoga. Now pick your <laughs> left leg. Nope, my left leg's staying right there. And if I snore, poke me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but just taking the time away from, like I said, the three-dimensional world, taking time away from my senses that are overly stimulated, and I'm so lucky, we, I believe, are so lucky to live in Vermont, for one thing, especially yeah. this past year and a half. Yeah. And I'm so lucky to have 25 acres to wander out, you know, and I yeah. just, I went crazy recording my thoughts and writing everything down and talking, yeah. sharing it so it became real, so I could work myself through it. Um, it's almost like you put yourself out there. I'm going to, like, I remember watching a couple of your videos when you were going through that. Yeah. And I felt your vulnerability, yeah. you know, it was uncomfortable sometimes. That was scary. For yeah. Me, that was scary. But, and that's so, I mean, that takes so much courage yeah, it did. to do that. Yeah. But, and that Absolutely. was part of your process. I feel like, yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the turning point for me to be able to do that was a class I was taking uh, to, in my master's degree program called writing to make meaning. Mm. And I wrote this, I just, I never talked about it. I'd never written it, you know, uh, a, a betrayal in my life back in high school that I didn't yeah. really know caused so much trauma. Yeah. And it was this voice in my head that was in charge. And that's where my anger was coming from. Don't forget, they're going to think you're not good enough. Don't forget, you're gonna, they're going to figure out who you are and you're a failure. Don't forget, you don't do this because it's embarrassing. Don't do that because you feel shame, whatever. Yeah. And when I wrote that down, I, I wrote like, I don't know, 12 or 14 pages. And I called my professor, emailed my professor. I said, I need to read this in class. I'm going to send it to you. Do, is it okay if I read it? He said, sure. You sure? I said, nope, I'm not sure, but I need to commit to it. Cause I know it's going to wow. be. And so is that just, when that happens to you, is it just like a clarity hit? Yeah. yeah. Like the, to heal this? Yes. I need For to me, share at, this. At that moment, I knew that to share it would make it so real that I couldn't hide from it anymore. Mm. It, it was, it would be impossible for me to keep pretending it didn't exist. And then after that, so it's supposed to be a 20 minute share and we, yeah. and it, was three, it was three hours, the whole class. That's all we did is talk about it. Cause everybody felt the same thing about different things in their life, being bullied and being betrayed and feeling like you're not good enough. Those are universal feelings. Yes. And it was, it was amazing. And when I was done with that, for five days, I was on a high that I could can't explain. Mm. I was I could I didn't eat because I wasn't hungry. Mm. When I was playing hockey, I was like going crazy fast, and I'd never lost energy. Mm. I was, and what I realized is I that weight had been so heavy on me, oh. and I was using so much energy to feed that reality that now it didn't exist. I'm like, wow! I have all this extra energy to now do something else with. It was very yeah. liberating. So, but but up until that point, I was scared shitless. Yeah. Because I'm gonna get judged. People are gonna think I'm not good enough. I'm gonna think I'm not good enough. This shouldn't have happened to me because if I was good enough, then that I've never have been betrayed. If you know, all those things. And you were how old? 17. I mean, come on, right? I know, but how old were you when you were healing oh, the simmering? 46. Yeah. 47. We yeah. carry this stuff. Our issues are in our tissues. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so I would, I would react when my kids would do something, it would trigger 
the things in me that I hated about high school. So then I would respond accordingly, which was miserable. You don't parent that way. No, but a lot of, a lot of people do. I mean, well, and I did. We Well, I mean, and I'm still like, I'm acutely aware of it now, but um, I I think a lot of people aren't. And so we're perpetuating this cycle that we started this conversation with of self-worth, even if our, like, the intentions of parents are not to do this, you know, some of them overdo it thinking they're protecting their kids somehow. I feeling I, all I, those things when it's just actually reinforcing it. All, absolutely. All. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated it when I, when I came, when I thought about it, I was like, see, they're proof that I'm not good enough. I can't even be a parent. Mm-hmm. So I was like, spinner, you know, Yeah. but I was like, but at 46, 47 years old, I realized, holy crap. That's when I started sitting down with my kids. Remember that time when you were 16 and you came home and I was livid and I went bonkers and you ran upstairs screaming and I was coming at whatever. Do you remember that? Yes, dad. I said, here's why it happened. I am so sorry about that. That had nothing to do with you. That's all my stuff. That, you know, talk to me anytime you need to about that. So it was was so amazing. Did your, I I actually just did this with Ellen the other day because I went off about something and I caught myself in the middle of it. And I said, you know what? That is not even about you. That's about, you know, and, um, and he kind of like, he was very forgiving, but he doesn't say a whole lot at 15 anyway, but I'm just wondering, like, I still think like, I don't know, is the damage already done? Cause I, you know, start, you know, so did, were your girls, like any of them able to share with you that that was healing for them or that they got, I mean, or they weren't carrying it as heavy probably as you were anyway. I don't know. Some of, some of the uh, instances that's true. They weren't carrying as heavy as I was. However, there were other instances that they were carrying stuff that I was unaware of that really was weighing on them oh. and opened the door to be like that. Right. Yeah, that was, that was a big deal. But remember this? I'm like, yeah. Sorry, I don't remember. And they would say, well, that was so embarrassing or so whatever the word they choose. And so, yes, they have shared with me on a number of occasions that made a difference. And so the epigenetic work that I that I've been loved to talk about and work on is the damage isn't already done. Well, I shouldn't say that. So qualifying as damage. Yeah, we'll use, we'll use that word because yeah. it's that way. Yeah, but just because it's easy to understand. Yeah. So the damage was done, but it can be undone. Yeah. And so, if, for instance, in my case, if I didn't go back and revisit those moments or those feelings or those um, experiences, then epigenetically in our DNA, that would continue with that person right through their life. Yeah. And if that happens again with their next generation and the next generation, they get passed on and that next, our ancestors are born already with that as a part of their physical experience. Epigenetics says that in, um, are influenced by our, our environment, whether it's physical and you're, and you're putting toxins in your body and causing cancer cells to grow out of control because of the the, the way that the epigenetic markers are now asking the cells to divide, or if you are constantly feeling unworthy and bad about yourself, the epigenetic structure of your DNA shifts and changes to match how you're feeling. And if you can go back in and, and alter that, or, you know, what's the word I'm going to, you know, obstruct it or stop that, 
then the epigenetic markers are then going to shift. Oh, okay. Well, that's not the way it is. Well, then the, this is the way it is now. They're just always adapting and changing. Yeah. So that's hopeful. Yeah. And it was yeah. great. And it gave me hope. Yeah. I was like, well, then, well, then we are, when we can be vulnerable and we can yeah. call ourselves out and know, yeah, I mean, and not only that, but you've already shared like you, by you doing that, you then allowed everyone in around you to be vulnerable and to share. Right. Yeah. And again, very scary. Yeah. Not anymore. I'm not scared of it anymore. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say it's not, I'm not going to yeah. say it's easy. I yeah. am uncomfortable with it, but I know the benefits. Yeah. And I can feel the power behind it. It's like when you ask for help, it is a symbiotic relationship and you're allowing somebody else, hopefully the person you're asking, to then be in a relationship with you that is that coexists and they can then feel good about what they do in their life because they're being helpful. You know, even yeah. though I don't like to say we're on a, a scale of worthiness. You know, I yeah. always told somebody, in, especially in high school, when I was teaching high school, you're feeling bad about yourself. The best way to get to get out of that is to go help somebody. Yeah. Because then right. you lose something. Well, it's that sense of belonging, I think, too, that's so, so important and feeds into our sense of feeling valued, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Whew. Boy, this is a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. <laughs> I know yeah. I was, I had some, one more thought of it on it, but I... I think it faded. <laughs> the other piece of self-worth that I think about being helpful is I really feel good. Now, good's not an actual feeling. I feel satisfied and I feel, um, what's, what's another word? I guess I can't think of it right now, but I feel peaceful Consent. when I help other beings instead of humans oh. because, and I believe this because they're not asking for anything. Mm. Usually. I mean, I guess my dogs, they, you know, they ask to eat or they want their butt scratched or whatever it is. But um, I, that a relationship with non-human beings for me is so satisfying because that I have nothing to do with that. You know, if I'm dealing with bugs or plants or animals, it's just, to me, that's two selves interacting on the basic level. Mm. You know, there's no, dogs don't think they're unworthy. Dogs aren't worried of what people are going to think about their shaggy hair or the haircut we have to give our dog because we didn't schedule soon enough. So now he looks like he has mange, you know, whatever. He's cooler now. That's all that matters. Right. He doesn't care. Yeah. I like those relationships. Partly that's why I choose to um, have a vegan lifestyle is because I don't want to engage in something that is going to inflict suffering and harm on a being that has no control over my interactions with it. I can't do that anymore. Um, so that's the self-worth that I really enjoy because I think it's based on the basic self. Do you... Do you feel like um, that's a, you know, you just intellectualize that, but there, there is a feeling level on that in your heart. Oh, absolutely. It's compassion. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I haven't, I have chosen unconsciously for most of my life not to feel because feeling was painful. Right. And so my, my charge or goal or whatever you want to call it is going to be for the rest of my life to learn how to feel again. And yeah. when I really dive into the compassionate piece of things, I can't eat 
I mean, if I'm going to eat an animal, I should, my own personal belief, I should have the courage and the spiritual connection to go get the animal myself. And if I can go out there and harvest an animal and eat it, so be it. I choose not to do that. I have no right. That's my own personal belief, especially the animals that are in the factory farms and are yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so that to me is, is, is a very intimate tied in piece of compassion for the way I'm going to yeah. live my life. Yeah. So yeah, that is, I love that. It, um, you know, and I, I think I'm there with you on that. Um, I think I came in from a health place first. Sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, but I feel like as we peel these layers back, uh, just to warn all you that it does, um, you interface more intimately with life, um, which can be really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, you do act from a place of intentionality, you know, and it's, it feels good, but not everybody's on the same page, even right. in your own family. Right. So it, you also have to leave space for that. Um, and, or you don't, you know, or you I don't, have, I have a very know? hard, when it comes to the animals and eating vegan or whatever, I have a very difficult time um with that yeah because the knowledge is there there's no you can you can pretend it doesn't exist that doesn't mean anything it does it's you know you can you, you if you don't want to feel the guilt or the feelings around the suffering that the animals um go through just so you can have a meal um and you're aware of that i have a very difficult time holding space for that personally but yeah. that's my, that's my own kind of i've actually i have a friend that said you know, she's pretty aware of it. She said she doesn't want to watch the movies because, you know, the documentaries, because then yeah. she knows it'll be hard. And, and I'm just sharing that because you might be one of those people listening and it, and it is hard um, once you open your heart to that, but it is a personal journey. And I respect that um, yeah. also, but um, and that's you know, where again, I'm... you could yeah. just like, like I do with the kids, like the knowledge is there. Yeah. If you want to allow yourself to uh, open up to that. And I, I also just feel like plants are so powerful yeah. and so necessary in, in being healthy that yeah. um, it's a great alternative. It's not like you're going to be unsatisfied if you embrace uh, the plant yeah. power. Yeah. I think you're going to feel better too, aside from all the human piece of it. But it's a very, very interesting conundrum and personal choice for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. I think I have to go pick somebody up. <laughs> I have to make dinner. Yeah, I know. It's a, a thunderstorm's coming in here. Is it really? Oh, boy. I got I to gotta go give my dog some medicine. Okay. You'll freak out. Michael, thanks for coming. On. I really appreciate it. Lo- every time, I love it. So thank I you. I know. Much. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, well, talk to you next time. Okay. Sounds good. Well, there's another one in the books for Michael and Mary, bantering about life a little bit. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with someone that you think also might enjoy it. Give us a rating. Give us some comments. We'd really love to hear from you guys. Um, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. DM me if you think you might be interested in being on the podcast. 
I have an episode coming up here with some healers. August is going to be about healers, and I'm pretty excited. Um, I've got some wonderful people coming on the show to talk about that. And then we have a couple more in this month of July that will be in the lens of addiction. I have Casey coming on who works in a treatment center. I have someone from a new treatment center that is opening up here in Stowe, Vermont, Sana. Super excited to share the gift that they're creating and trying to move the dial on addiction and recovery. So look for those coming down. I also have two other people that I'm hoping to get in this month. Um, All really amazing souls that have had really interesting journeys, hopeful journeys. And, you know, that's what I'm here to do, shed the light on addiction. So hopefully we can move the dial here a little bit. All right. Love you guys. Celebrate something today. And don't forget the power of the plants. We'll see you next time.